When life bumps up against you, you have the choice to pucker up and put on a sour face or mix it up with ingredients like resilience, persistence, and grace into the delectable concoction only you can serve. We are Greer McVeigh and Whitney Wiley, speakers, authors, and entrepreneurs. We're also sisters, and since we were children, we've made a habit of turning challenges into the lessons and launch paths of our lives. Each week, we'll discuss the recipes that will turn your biggest challenges into the building blocks of the successful and fulfilling life of your dreams. On occasion, we'll include experts and thought leaders who'll join the party and you're always invited to. Join us as we share the sweet highs and sour lows and every drop of life in between. Along with our guests, we help you shake and stir your own lemons into lemon drops. Welcome to the Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops podcast. Hi, I'm back. I'm Whitney Wiley, and I am with Shifting Into Action and the co-host of the Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops podcast. It's a podcast where my host and I, Greer McVeigh, talk with, um, well, we have a weekly show. We talk with each other, and then occasionally we have guests, and the special occasion when we are uh, interviewing authors about the things that they've gone through. Uh, you know, we like covering overcomers, people who have overcome things in life. And today we have the special privilege of talking with some of the authors of the new book, She Is an Overcomer. It is a book by Action Takers Publishing. Uh, Linda Sunshine West and Sally Green are the publishers for this. If you watch part one of this four-part series or listen to part one, uh, Sally was in part one. You will hear from Linda in part four. And in between, I have the privilege of meeting some new authors. And so first of all, who here is an author for the very first time? Raise your hand or let me know. We've got three of you. So we've got Stephanie Caldwell, Coach Caitlin Kresmer, Tanqueer Dyer, and Sheba. Sheba, it looks like you're the only one that's been a published author before. Is that true? Yes, that's true. Um, I believe that my specialty is children. So I've already published two children's books. Okay. Um, And in the process of doing another one for next year. Um, but now I'm exploring women <laughs> and just, you know, adulthood. So it's, it's exciting. It's awesome. Exciting. Awesome. Well, congratulations to all four of you um, being a part of the Action Takers Publishing community is I have found to be uh, extremely um, rewarding. It's been beneficial business wise and made some really great connections uh, starting with Sally and Linda. So let's jump in and talk about you guys. So Stephanie, I'm just going to go in the order that I see you on my screen. Uh, Stephanie, tell us a little bit about you and your chapter in the book. 
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, so I uh, first am uh, a woman of faith. I am attempting to be a fully devoted follower of Christ. Uh, I'm a wife and then a mom. And then by trade, I'm a high school science teacher. Um, but my chapter, it's uh, titled I'll Always Be Sick. It's a condensed version from my full length book. Um, in which each chapter title is actually a lie that I've believed. And so it just takes you through, um, especially before I knew Jesus and before I was walking with him and um, kind of where that's shown up in my life. So lots of mental illness, lots of physical illness, um, and just that feeling of I'll always be sick um, and kind of having things in life that kind of, affirmed that and really just showing that that's actually not it and being healed of um, bipolar disorder um, uh, along with many other things. But that was that was the biggest turning point because um, I had tried to commit suicide a few times. And um, so that was literally what saved my life is, is being healed of that, because the other things, although very draining and um, not great that that was the one thing that was going to take my life so well thank you for sharing coach caitlin yes so i am an entrepreneur i'm in ottawa ontario canada i own two businesses the first one is bohemian beach boutique which is an online e-commerce boutique that retails boho inspired fashion and beachwear for women and my mission is to prove that fashion could be blind to prejudice and summer was meant for everybody and with part of my mission, I started my second business, which is a coach. Um, I'm a body image and mindset coach specializing in self-worth and confidence. Um, though my businesses don't fully relate to my chapter, um, it's a huge part in who I am and the confidence that I've gained as a person and why I'm here today, even as an entrepreneur, having the strength to inspire other women. Um, so my chapter is called A Bigamist and a Hovel, A Saving Grace, which I know sounds like a few very random things. Um, but yeah, so the city I grew up in, I never liked it. I was always in a very negative space there and I felt like bad things always happened to me. And I went through a situation where I was growing depressed and despondent and got suicidal myself because I felt like everyone in my life was growing and achieving great things. And here I was in this shit ass apartment um, that I did not like. Um, I had a job I did not like and I started dating someone I thought it was great and it turned out he was a convicted bigamist and also married to the cousin of a good friend of mine. Um, so that hurt. I spiraled because I felt like more bad things were happening and things weren't going to get better which is how I wound up depressed, despondent and uh, having suicidal thoughts and tendencies. Um, but then it wound up the situation was my saving grace because it gave me the courage I finally needed to believe in myself enough and pick myself up enough to finally leave the city. And it's not because I was running away from the situation. The strength I got through my faith and finding my faith and holding on is what gave me the courage to believe that I could rise above the situation and build more for myself. So it led me to finally leave the city and become the beautiful woman that I am today, just free and loving and here to support and be there for other women. So the bad was my saving grace. I love that. Thank, Thank you. you. And we're going to come back. We're going to circle back around and, and talk uh, more about you guys, but Tan Queer, um, please introduce yourself. 
Yes, first time author. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a wonderful, wonderful journey thus far. Um, so, so I initially began this, began the book some time ago, and and it's actually in reference to um, being molested by my stepfather. And the the name of it of my particular chapter is I have a voice, and it came from um, when I was molested the very last time I was screaming, but nothing was coming out. Mm. Um, I literally was laying in the bed and I, I like, I knew my mouth was open. I was screaming for my mom and nothing came out. Um, I told family, family knew about it. Church members knew about it. And I was told I should put more clothes on. I was told to cover up the door, um, just different methods to just kind of, prevent from from him being able to see me and touch me and come in my room things like that and um the the what happened was that i began to suffer from depression low self-worth low self-esteem um suicidal ideation just a number of damaged emotions and i got to the point where um it wasn't until i started going to school myself for marriage and family therapy um, that one of my teachers who it may have been like the second day of class, she, she just walked up to me and she just was like, you know, she said, I don't know a lot about you. She said, but you have a little girl right here on your shoulder. And I can remember like it was yesterday. She said, you have a little girl right here on your shoulder. She said, tell her she made it. Tell her she's safe and she's okay now. She said, you can trust again. And I literally broke down and that was the beginning of me going back to wanting to write um, because I didn't want to hurt anyone. It was my brother's father. So I didn't want to hurt anyone. But God just said, people need to know your testimony. People need to know that you've overcome. And, and like she said, you're safe. Um, I am now a life coach myself. Um, I do a lot with the military because I was prior service myself. Um, but I do work with a number of other people besides the military, but right now I'm a life coach and I'm enjoying being an empty nester because I just put my daughter in college. <laughs> well, congratulations on that as well. <laughs> thank so, you. Thank you. Sheba, you are next. Well, um, first I want to say thank you so much for um, just having me here as well as being among such great um, women of God is really what I, that's really what it is, um, because everything that we, that we need and everything that we have is because of him. Um, and so that really led me to this space. You know, I was, um, I'm going to tell a secret, <laughs> but I was like spying on Linda Sunshine for a while. And I'm just, I was so intimidated. I I'm not even that type of person, but I was like, Ooh, she's a heavy hitter, you know, I mean, she, she got it, you know, so I, I, for one time I did, you know, speak with her because I was, you know, you know, stepping into this author role and I'm like, let me just, you know, throw a little something out there. Let's see, you know, where it goes. And it was one conversation before the pandemic. Then of course, you know, the pandemic hit and that was that. Um, and then for some reason we found our way back to this conversation because she kept just coming to my spirit and I'm thinking she, but just talk to, you know, just have a conversation. Like, you know, what's the worst she can do? Bite you, you know? So anyway, so we, you know, had the conversation and she presented this idea um, because Shiva actually is an acronym that God gave me. I mean, 
it's just a powerful testimony and it it stands for she's better after it all and so i realized I mean, it's like a cousin to she's an overcomer. Yeah. So I figured I should definitely, you know, be here. I didn't know um, what it would look like, what it would sound like. But one of the things that I was, when I was um, stalking Linda, I realized that one of her hugest mantras for her life is to do it because you're afraid. And I ran with that wisdom that she gave. And so I decided to write. It was actually something I started um, in another anthology, but someone, you know, things happened. So it just shifted. And so I was like, wait, I actually have something so I can, you know, add to what was already written. So it came naturally. Um, and it was after my divorce. You know, a lot of people have many different fears in life. And the funny thing is that my fear was that my family would be broken, right? Um, I mean, you know, there's many, as they call, especially in the body of Christ, there's generational curses and, you know, divorce, promiscuity, having children out of wedlock, you know, some of the things that's in our bloodline or our families. And I just didn't want to have that testimony. You know, I didn't want, I wanted, I didn't want to, to be that way. I wanted to follow the way of God. And um, I thought that I had all my T's crossed and my eyes died. I thought I did. I thought I did at least, you know, but what I realized in the process is that everyone has the ability to make a choice. That was the hugest revelation. And it's okay if a person doesn't choose you. I had to come to that. I mean, talk about the fear of rejection, <laughs> you know, I, woo, I was like, I just don't want to, you know, and it's not that it, it, it wasn't even the flip side of being a people pleaser either, but it was just this, I don't want to be rejected. And who wants to be rejected by their husband? You spend this time together. You, you, you know, you have the same vision you want to build. And it's just like a light switch goes off. I don't choose you anymore. You know, how do you live with that? So this is really um, what my chapter is about. And I just decided to just stick to my authenticity. And I titled it as She's Better After It All, because it was something, it was um, when God spoke it to me, he told me it would be threefold. So it would be a, a business, it would be a brand, and it would be a ministry. And that's really where I hone in. Um, and so I do consider myself a women's empowerment coach. <laughs> um, by trade, I'm an early childhood educator. And um, so everything about children is just my desire. I do have three children. Um, the chapter kind of goes into that gap that was, you know, that was created between my son and myself because of the divorce. Um, and, you know, just the many different things that divorce is death. I mean, it is death, it's death, you know. And so that was a realization that I had to accept. Um, but the biggest realization is that people have a, they have a right to choose me and they have a right not to choose me. Either way, I have to be okay with that. And so that's where I come to this place of, you know what, in spite of anything that I've ever been through, whether it be past, present or future, I'm still going to be better after it all. So that was really what my um, chapter was about. So I'm, like I said, I'm honored. I'm just so grateful to be here and thank you so much. It is my pleasure and honor to have you all um, and to and to host this. So before we go any further, I want to make sure that we give the audience an opportunity to purchase the book. So I am going to share this. This is the book. She is an overcomer. Um, it is 31 stories of real women, real stories inspiring you to overcome your challenges. We all have challenges, right? No one escapes this life without challenges. One of the questions that comes up is, 
How are you going to move through your challenges? If you're going to move through your challenges and um, a point that Shiva made is that it's a choice, right? It is a choice to move through. It is a choice on how we move through, yeah. right? And the thing that you have in common in this book is that you're all women of faith, right? And I am a woman of faith. I, I, I was saying to Sally in the part one, I don't know how this book got past me. I do not know how I was not a part of this book other than it obviously was an opportunity for them to work with new people. And I'll have another time, another place and another time, which, uh, which connects with something that Sheba said um, about things as they're supposed to be right. And sort of the timing of things when things are supposed to happen, they will happen. Our challenge is that we want things when we want them. Mm -hmm. We want them the way we want them. Um, and that's not always what God has for us, right? Um, his ways are not our ways. And we have to remember that. I want to go back to something that you said, Stephanie, um, and that you have, that you're working on your own project, right? You're working right. on your own book project. And the chapters in the book are all titled after lies that you've told yourself. And you're not the only one who tells themselves lies, right? We're all lying to ourselves. There's this voice in our head that is filled with lies and trying to keep us from our best selves, right? Trying to keep mm -hmm. us from a relationship with God by making us think that if God loved us, we wouldn't be in this situation. Right. And he has not promised that we get through this without trials, that we get through it without temptation, that we get through it without tra tragedy. Mm -hmm. But what we do get from it is, and what all of you have brought is your testimony. Right. right. And so um, tell us just in, in, the particular um, story that you're telling here about you'll always be sick, right? Right. Um, was there a moment where you realized that that lie was in fact a lie? Yes. Um, so for 26 years, I actually did not believe in God or Jesus. It was very agnostic. Um, and, and actually to the point of, I'd actually gone to athe atheism. So there, there was nothing it, for a little while. There was something, and then there was just nothing. And I am a science teacher, so I do have quite a bit of a science background. And so it was all founded in science. Um, there was a moment after my second suicide attempt that someone, um, in an Al-Anon meeting, cause I have a lot of, um, addiction in my family. And so, uh, I knew someone that had been spiritually healed of testicular cancer and um, someone he knew had the spiritual gift of healing. And he was like, would you, would you please just, just be willing to meet with him? And even though with all the science and the background, I was an open-minded person. And so, and I knew at that moment that I was going to try to kill myself again, that my life was just awful and there was literally nothing left to live for that that lie 
that even my kids would be better off without me. So it wasn't even enough that they were here, but you know, I was making their life horrible. And um, so when I met with him, who is a thoracic surgeon by trade, and he's telling me all these things um, about the Bible that's tying this science and, and biblical knowledge together. It was we were act, actually at McDonald's because so that my kids could play and they could play in the play place. And we were meeting at the table pre-COVID. Um, and so um, I remember in that moment just feeling this small, just I mean, just a drop of hope that there could be this hope that maybe I will not always be sick because he was sitting here telling me all these testimonies, which the Bible talks about sharing our testimonies. And we've said that a couple of times already. And it's just so powerful because that's really what did it for me was not necessarily him and this this human that was telling me I could be spiritually healed, but these other testimonies of these people that he had led through the spiritual healing. So it was then that it, it really was the, the small flame uh, that ignited the whole fire. I love that. I love that. And I'm going to let that be the theme that carries us um, through the rest of our um, time together, ladies. Um, so coach, in, I know this isn't your story, right, about the lies, but we all have them. And so part of our overcoming whatever it is we're going through is moving through that. Were there lies that you were telling yourself as part of what was going on with you? And was there a moment where you realized that that was keeping you stuck or not allowing you to, to live fully and abundantly the life that, that God has for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even before the situation in my book, I'm that girl who had that negative inner voice for years, no value, no self-worth. I used to weigh over 250 pounds. So I struggled with my appearance and society and not being able to validate or appreciate or accept myself because I didn't fit in with that stereotypic norm that the media and society puts out there. So I lied to myself for years with that, that I wasn't worthy of greatness. I wasn't valuable. And I think that's what led to me being so depressed and found this situation so hard because it was another situation where I felt like life and everything was against me. And it's because I wasn't worth more that I've now attracted this man into my life who was a liar, a user, a manipulator. And it's one more bad relationship in a string of bad relationships that I'd had. And so, yeah, it was just the, and for a bit, I, I believe like I did this to myself and I caused this and maybe I do deserve this. And so that was a huge lie. And that's what made me spiral. And that's what made me sit in the bathtub, you know, running my fingers along my wrist, wondering how I could end this because I don't want to live a life where I'm not worthy and I'm not worthy. But then that's when my faith came in. And that's when I actually really came and opened up to faith because I grew up in the Catholic church as a teenager. I walked away from it all. You know, you go through those years where you just question it all. You learn about science in school, like Stephanie teaches. And you're just like, I, I believe in science and fact. And so I walked away from it, but it was really this situation that brought me back to faith. And I was in the tub and I just heard this voice that just, you are valuable. You're worth more than this. And it, it, and it is 
what propelled me to make the positive choice to know that I need to start believing in myself, that I am worth more than this man and that I don't need this situation in my life. So yeah, a lot of lies for a lot of years and eventually it, it became, I replaced it with truths. I love that. And that, that's the piece that sets us free, right? The truth shall set us free. Yeah. It's the choice to get rid of that negative inner voice and just start seeing things in the positive light and listen, listen to him. And that's what I had to learn, right? Yes. I didn't know how to listen or hear the signs and the symbols, but now that I get it, oh, so much stronger and so much more in control of what I choose to believe. It's beautiful. And and it starts there with the choice. So with that, I want to come back to you, Sheba, uh, asking you the same question. What was the lie that you were believing that was keeping you stuck? And and if you remember the moment, and I, I hate to cut you guys off, but you know, we've got four sessions here today. So um, I'm just going to ask you to keep it short. But what was that moment that you realized that it was a lie and that there was something better for you on the other side? The most, you know, it's, <laughs> I think God, not I think, I know, rather, um, God has a very interesting way. We have this this beautiful relationship, and he speaks to me in very unique ways. Um, and, you know, we hear this saying um, about the grass being greener on the other side. <laughs> and so, you know, he, he God always brings me to this place of challenging social norms and, you know, these cliches. And he said, well, who's to dictate that the grass isn't greener on the other side? There's plenty of women who do experience greener grass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and Stephanie, I'm pretty sure, Caitlin, we all can say, oh, yeah, I've experienced the greener grass, you know. And if you haven't, I pray that you will find that greener grass. Um, so the lie, honestly, that my pastor helped me come to this truth is that, you're not in control over anything and anyone but yourself. Yes. I'm thinking, I mean, if I fit this mold or if I do this or if I don't do this, if I say this or I don't say this, then, you know, maybe there might be a different outcome, right? But people have a right, literally, even God gives us a choice. So yes. who am I to even go against this, this you know, this... Uh, what's the word, whatever the word is, uh, you know, the standard, if I can say that God even placed, he even, so I had to, you know, to say, what would Jesus do? I had to do what Jesus would do. He gave you a choice, you know, so I had to give him a choice. Um, and he chose, he didn't choose me, you know? And so I just had to come, I'm t- I don't, it, oh my goodness, I had to come to that realization. It was such a hard thing for me to do, to say, you have to relinquish your control, Sheba. Yes. You have to, re- you have to, there's nothing else that you can do. So to answer it quickly was the idea of this controlling, whether it's directly or indirectly, we're control freaks. We want to control everything yes. and everyone. So yes, we do. Realization, <laughs> um, was the lie. And, you know, through counseling, through just reflection with God, through crying, through, whoo, if these walls can talk, I'm telling you, <laughs> yeah. you know, but um, so that was the lie that I had to come to this place of truth so that I can experience liberty and freedom. Well, I am happy to hear that you did that. And again, you just keep reiterating the importance of choice, of choice, right? And personal responsibility. We cannot control other people. We can only control ourselves and our reactions. Uh, Tanqueer, what was the lie that you were holding on to? And what was the truth that has allowed you 
to break through for your overcoming moments? So a lot um, that you all are saying and all of these keywords uh, controlling. So let me say the lie that the devil had me believing was that I didn't have a testimony that kept me from sharing my testimony because yes. he, because I felt like, well, there was no penetration. So there wasn't really much, you know, that, that happened. Um, and then the fact that it felt like it was my fault because they were like, put on more clothes, you know, people from the church would say, put on more clothes, um, cover up, do this, do that. As if to some degree, I should have had more control over the situation. Um, so I felt like I didn't have a testimony, but when, when, when the, when my teacher said that you can trust again, when she said that it really was a reminder for me from God to say, you don't trust me. Your mm. trust has to start back yep. in me. And that yeah. became like, that, that's just when people say, if you ever ask, what's my favorite scripture? I don't care what's going on in my life. It can be good. It can be bad. It can be up. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. Yes. So I don't care what's going on. I have to realize that when y'all start talking about control, because of me feeling like I didn't have control after being molested, I became a control freak. Mm. Trying to control everything that happened in my life. And to the point God had to say, you really not in control. <laughs> You literally got to trust me. Like I'm literally in control, even though you feel like you're controlling everything. You're really not. And I had to accept the fact that it's time for me to give up control and really trust God. Yes. In everything that's going on. And I began to say, OK, God, I see this. I see this. And there's so many aspects that women don't understand and people don't understand. When you're molested, it takes so much of your power away. And God had to begin to show me that. He didn't take anything away from you that I didn't even allow. And everything that happened was for the good. Yes. And he just began to show me everything that I had been through. And it's a, it began to be a testimony in different aspects, not trusting. And to be able to trust God with everything, even when things are not going well, like I literally had to trust God because it was even in my marriage. I didn't even realize how things were affecting me because you suppress so much, suppress so much when you go through things. My daughter would ask me questions about my childhood that I couldn't even answer. I didn't even remember what my childhood was like because I had suppressed so much of it. Yeah. Because so much happened during that time. And so it really was God just saying to me, you do have a testimony for your first testimony is that, you have to trust me. You literally have to trust me with everything and know that it's going to work out for your good. And amen, that's really amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Help. You, better you know pray. what, ladies? <laughs> I hate that we have to cut this short. I, I But the what you guys have just outlined is, is that you give people, other people hope, right? By sharing your stories, you are giving other people hope. And by just sharing just a little bit, you are wetting the appetite of the readers yep. that whatever it is they're going through, it's like, I'm going to find something in these 31 stories. I'm going to find a story, 10 stories, 31 stories, 
that I resonate with that is going to help me to, to move through what I'm going through. And then I'm going to share my testimony so that someone else can benefit from my story. So I want to thank you all for being here. I want to thank you for sharing your stories. Again, the book is, she is an overcomer. Um, and I want to put this here. You can get it at actiontakerspublishing.com slash overcomer. Um, purchase the book today. There are um, gifts. The authors have contributed gifts. There are over $3,000 worth of gifts. You If you purchase the book, um, again, thank you all for for being here and the best to you as you guys continue working on the launch today. I know you'll be best-selling authors, uh, international best-selling authors and all of that. So uh, keep up the good work and I'm sure I will see you in the Action Taker Publishing uh, community in the future. So take care. Thanks for joining us for Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops. If you like our show, please share with your friends. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever platform you listen to this podcast. Your questions, comments, and feedback are welcome. You can find out more about us at lifelemonslemondrops.com. 